Welcome to Road Noise. Buckle up as we explore God's faithfulness, reflecting on 50 years of full-time ministry. We're taking lessons from the unique life and ministry of Sheldon and Victoria Rhodes as they share the gospel crisscrossing North America. I'm your host, Kedron Rhodes, and each episode, I sit down with my dad, Sheldon, and we travel back in time, retracing the lessons God was teaching and mapping them to life today. This scenery may have changed, but God's faithfulness remains the same. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Road Noise. Well, hey, welcome back to another episode of Road Noise. I'm glad you've joined Dad and I here. It's another conversation. We're reflecting on a transition point up in mom and dad's ministry in Alaska. And the last episode we uh, recorded, dad's putting mom and the two two oldest kids on a plane, my sister and myself, send back down to the lower 48. But before we jump in, I neglected to mention this last time we recorded, and uh, we're, we're somewhere in early July of 2003 as we're chatting right now and mom and dad were, we recorded last, we're finishing up a week of vacation Bible school out in Iowa. So <laughs> we are coming on 50 years of, of vacation Bible school summer after summer. And I just thought I'd just interject that here because it's a ministry. Isn't all just in the rearview mirror. It's all active and, and ongoing as we speak. So anyway, so that's where we're at. Dad, take it away. Yeah, Pastor, last week as we I spoke there um, Sunday, uh, said something to the effect that, uh, yeah, Sheldon's going to be retiring. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to correct him. Then, no, I'm still going. I mean, being being here is proof of that. Yeah, we're still going. and uh, But are slowing down, not doing as many um, meetings as we used to and not as many vacation Bible schools and so forth. But, yeah, hey, when we finished uh, recording last time, uh, you and your sister and mom were on a plane heading back to Lansing, Michigan. And after I paid for that ticket, I had $50 cash left. 50 and bucks so and this a credit is, card. <laughs> yes, and that standard oil credit card. And I'm going to be heading out tomorrow. All right, at least that's the plan. Loaded everything that we had. Uh, and yeah, I did some vehicle bartering. Uh, right there at the end, um, the vehicle we had was not very big. It was four-wheel drive, and that was nice. But um, I wanted to bring all of our clothes and everything that we had left that no one bought. Um, and wouldn't you know it, my good old faithful pastor friend just happened to have a, a van and um, was willing to trade me our Ford Bronco uh, for the van. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Uh, Oh, but this van doesn't have any seats in it. Okay. Well, it doesn't need any seats. It's just me. Right. All right. So it's got it's got a driver's seat and a passenger seat. But all the other seats had been taken out. It was a panel van, no windows or anything. And remember, we're talking Alaska. And somebody had the bright idea, and I think it was a good idea, to have the inside of the van sprayed with foam. Hmm. I mean, hey, otherwise it's just metal sides on a panel van and... That would be mighty cold in Alaska. And so they had sprayed about two inches of foam in the entire van, pretty much everything <laughs> except the dashboard. Okay. Yeah. So the ceiling, the walls, the floor, everything. So when you open the back end, 
is like a, a foam cave. Yeah. And so I put everything in there and, and everything fit, um, all except for the puppet stage. And I thought, okay, I could probably get the puppet stage in and cram everything else loosely around it and so forth. But we're moving back to Michigan. Nobody knows us. And so there's no meetings lined up. And so I, all I need to do right now is get back there and get this wooden tent sold. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And I'll have money and I'll have the, you know, by the time I get meetings lined up back in Michigan, I'll have the stage shipped back. Mm-hmm. Had talked with a realtor and, um, you know, they said, yeah, it shouldn't be any problem selling it. I mean, it's right there, nice location and everything. Okay, so it's a little rough. You know, it doesn't have a septic, doesn't have, you know, any running water or anything. But by this time, we did have electric brought in. All right. Um, and that was a, a bit of a thing. There never, ever been any electric there. I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, the electric company was willing to run the wires and run line back in there. But being that there had never been anything, we had to pay for all that. Mm-hmm. But they put it on the easy payment plan. We'll just um, charge you an extra $100 on top of your electric use uh, pretty much for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it was, but it was going to be yeah. a long time. But it's just going to raise the electric bill $100. Anyway, so uh, van's all set and um, going to leave the next morning, get a uh, an early start. Yeah, this is the last day of of December, and so there's not a whole lot of daylight, but nevertheless, I want to get a, a nice early start. And Pastor was still very much, and you know, he still liked me. I mean, you know, we're still on good speaking terms. So he says, well, why don't you come over to our house and spend the night and then leave in the morning? Okay. So I'm back at Pastor's house, same house that we'd stayed in the first night that we got to Alaska a couple of years before this. But um, before I went to bed, I got a phone call from your mom. And she says, um, would you mind waiting an extra day? And it's like, hey, I'm all packed and ready to go. And she says, well, if you're willing to wait an extra day, her brother Dan was willing to fly up and um, help me drive back. Mm-hmm. Well, my, oh my, I mean, you know, tomorrow's January 1st, but uh, yeah, I can wait an extra day. I mean, it's <laughs> not going anywhere, I guess. So yeah, I'll wait around. And so sure enough, that's what happened. Um, uh, Dan got a one-way ticket to Anchorage. I went in and picked him up. We went back to Pastor's house and spent the night there and headed out the next day. Nice, bright, and early. Well, early, not very bright. <laughs> right. Not very bright. <laughs> and you got to be not very bright to be driving the Alaska Highway the first week of January with $50 cash mm-hmm. and a standard oil credit card. Yep. Yeah. You can't be too bright to be doing that. But nevertheless, we took off, just the two of us, and we are headed to Michigan. Yeah. Now, for those that are that are that have stuck with us so, so far, you're going to re- recall... Dan, my mom's brother, my uncle Dan, was the one that helped paint the puppet stage. And That's was living, right. with, living with mom and dad back in back in the college days. So there's there's a friendship there that's been building over the years. And I think this is a uh one of those journeys that adds to the the shared memories <laughs> that they that they put together as a travel yeah, as as just brother and brother in law and yeah, travelers together. And Mike my guess is somewhere between that trip and today, Dan is probably really sad that 
I married into that family. <laughs> uh, he's a good guy and a lot of fun. And um, I certainly appreciate him you know, flying up there. Yeah. I mean, the poor guy had never been to Alaska. And to fly in and spend one night and leave the next day, I mean, he never got to see anything at right. all. And Alaska is a beautiful place to be and to not see anything is really kind of sad, but I guess I was in a hurry to get out of there. I mean, everything's packed, man. We got to hit the road. Yep. So we did. And um, it's a few hours drive before you get to the Alaska border and, you know, where you cross into Canada. And we got there. And of course, the the guards there want to see you know, proof of who you are and everything. And remember, I, I had a weapon when I went up right. there. Yep. Well, I still have that one, that uh, revolver. It didn't. It didn't get stolen. It didn't get stolen. And remember that moose hunt, right? <laughs> yeah. So now I've got two guns. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I've got to get across the border. Um, had a shotgun, but that got stolen. Anyway, so um, we get to the border and they got to do their thing about locking um, weapons up and so forth as we going to be going down that highway. But uh, that really wasn't a big deal. So we're back on the road. And I learned something about the Alaska Highway because this is the first time that I'd driven it in the winter. Now, in the summer, it is a long gravel road mm -hmm. full of potholes. And I mean, it's just terrible on vehicles. In the wintertime, it's just as long, but there's no gravel. <laughs> and there's pretty much no potholes. All right. It's a smooth ride. <laughs> big sheet of ice. <laughs> it's a big sheet of ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, if you're ever thinking about driving the Alaska Highway, um, you know, I would kind of recommend doing it in the winter because the road is really smooth. <laughs> and I was kind of pleasantly surprised with that. And so you would kind of think, all right, nice, smooth road. We ought to be able to make real good time. But as you just mentioned, it's pretty much a sheet of ice. Yep. And so it might be nice and smooth, but you're still not going to be driving very fast. Well, we're driving down the Alaska Highway, getting close to um, Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Mm -hmm. And it's getting pretty late in the evening. Um, and we're just going to switch off drivers. I mean, so I drove, had driven for a while, and then Dan would drive for a while, and we just keep kept switching off. But when we got to Whitehorse, it's getting um, towards late evening. And just before we got to Whitehorse... The engine quit. Mm. And here you are sitting along the side of the highway. And this time of year, there's really not much traffic. And we sit there in the pitch dark and no cars coming, no cars going. And I said, the engine quit. Well, what are we going to do now? Well, we sat there for a while and we prayed and sat there for a while longer and turned the key and it started. I was like, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Right. Yes. Answer to prayer. <laughs> Answer to prayer. So... Well, let's go. We we got to get to Whitehorse. We got to get to Whitehorse. And so we're headed down the highway, nice, smooth, still total darkness, and it quit again. Okay, well, this isn't good, but we remembered what we just did. You mm -hmm. know, when it happened before, just a few miles behind us, you pray yep. and you wait <laughs> and wait a little longer. <laughs> Meanwhile, the high for the day in Whitehorse, it, it had gotten up to minus 30. Wow. Okay. So uh, that was the high for the day, 30 below zero. And so when you're sitting along the highway and the engine's not running, um, 
you don't want to be sitting there very long, okay? Because no. it's cooling off fast, even with that two inches of sprayed uh, foam insulation in there. And sure enough, after 15, 20 minutes, it started again. And so we figured, all right, as long as the engine's running, we got to drive as fast as we possibly can without sliding off the road because we've got to get to Whitehorse. Yeah. That's the only civilization, and that's in front of us. There's no way we can find civilization behind us. And so the destination is in front of us. We've got to get there. And we know that by now everything's closed anyway, but at least in the morning we can find a repair shop or somebody mm -hmm. to help us out because we still got a long ways to go down this highway. And I'm not sure how much I remember the story, whether it quit three or four times total, but it was enough that we figured out that all we have to do is let things cool down and it will start and we can go a few more miles and we'll just keep doing that until we eventually get there mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we did and we were able to get to Whitehorse <clears throat> but it's going to be a long night it's going to be a cold night and there's just the two of us and the high for the day 30 below zero <sighs> that's really not safe sleeping in the car right van and Dan was nice enough to fly up there and I could not force myself to even suggest that he stays in the van with me. <laughs> now, I'm planning on staying in the van, okay? I'm mm -hmm. not going anywhere. But I don't think it's right to ask Dan to do that. And so we found a place for him to stay. YMCA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the YMCA was open. And um, I don't know if they still do, but man alive, back in the day, they had rooms for homeless mm -hmm. people or whoever needed a place and they were open and we stopped and, and they had a room. And so I checked Dan into the room, but that required cash. Sure. Remember I only had $50 when we started up to this point, when we stopped to get gas, um, we put the gas on the credit card. Sure. And this was back before they had, any electronic things hooked up to the credit card. So everything was done with paper. Yep. And so when you filled up with gas, they just run your credit card through the little sliding machine thing and make an impression of that. And they'd handwrite, you know, what the bill was and where you'd go. Well, if you're going to put something on the credit card, let's put food on there. And so if the gas station sold bread, then we'd buy a loaf of bread. If they sold peanut butter, we'd buy some peanut butter to go with it. Everything's going to go on the card. Mm -hmm. And remember, as soon as we get back to Michigan, the house is going to be sold by then. And so it's going to be easy to pay off the card. And we only have $50 cash. And so we've got to use this card for every possible thing that we can. Now, when you get to a gas station and they don't sell loaf of bread and they don't sell any lunch meat, they don't even have any peanut butter, but they've got candy bars. Yep. Hey, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you buy a bunch of candy bars and put them on the card. All right. At least we're not going to starve to death. We'll have something to eat. Well, anyway, so when we get to Whitehorse and the YMCA wants cash, they don't take credit cards. And so I had to give up part of that cash. And of course, Dan is saying, well, Sheldon, you, know, you can stay in the room too. And I'm like, no, Dan, I've got to stay with the vehicle. Everything that we still own is in that vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I need is for somebody to break into that in the middle of the night and not have anything at all. And so, no, I'll, I'll, just, I'll spend the night in the van. And I figured I could stay warm because we had a an old, it was probably first generation, Coleman catalytic heater, which we'd use camping. You know, mm -hmm. you'd put it in your tent. And so, I'm, you know, 
I made sure that I had that available going down the highway because, like I said, this is wintertime and that's kind of an emergency heat supply if we need it. And I figured, okay, this is the night I'm going to need that. And so I found a place to park all by myself. I got that catalytic heater out and set it on the council, uh, cow lane thing in between the passenger seat and the driver's seat. And I fired that puppy up and it started putting out heat and fumes. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and thinking, okay, I'm not going to freeze to death, but I'll wake up dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this stuff is putting off fumes. It stinks like crazy in here. And yep. this probably isn't safe in a closed environment like I'm in. And it might be nice right. in a tent where you've got some ventilation, but this is not going to end well unless I get some ventilation in here. Yeah. So I uh, moved the thing out of the way enough that I could reach across and, and turn the window down. I mean, everything's by hand. You got to crank it. So I turned the window down about an inch on Dan's side and did about the same on the driver's side. Figured, okay, we got, we got some ventilation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cold air coming in. <laughs> There's going to be really cold air coming in, but at least it'll be fresh air. It'll have oxygen in it. And um, hopefully I can get a little bit of sleep and wake up alive. At least that's the goal. And when I wake up in the morning, I'll find somebody that can take a look at this thing and get us back on the road. I don't know who that'll be. Never spent any time in Whitehorse before. We'd gotten gas going through there, coming and going, but never spent any time. So that's where I was that night. First week of January, 30 below zero, sleeping in the front seat of a panel van sprayed with styrofoam, a catalytic heater to keep warm, and Dan in the YMCA. Going to be a fun night. Let's park it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a miserable night to me. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we'll we'll park it there then. Um, yeah, this is quite the adventure. Uh, just uh, in passing, someone who mentioned uh, to me earlier in the week, if they were listening to the podcast and just commenting like, you know what? Your dad, he would have, there are a lot of people who just would have given up all the things that you've all gone through. <laughs> over and the probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the, no, that's just to me a uh, testament to your, to you stick, stick to the calling that's been on your life and all along the way, God's faithfulness continues to provide. And I'm anxious to see how this is going to turn out. All right. We'll put it, park it there and talk again next week. Hey, this is Grandpa Wisely. Why do we call it a rush hour when nobody moves? <laughs>